Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Everybody and welcome to the AFTN Soccer Show's 2020 Christmas Special. It's Christmas! I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we're hopefully going to bring you a little bit of festive cheer over the next couple of hours in a year like no other, or hopefully like no other, Hopefully our 2021 Christmas special will be a a lot different. This is the eighth year that we've done an AFTN Christmas special. And if you've listened for the last three years, when we've been on the radio at CITR, 101.9 FM, you'll know that we've kind of taken over the CITR studios for the night, played a load of Christmas songs, had a load of chat, talked football, played games, opened presents... Just talked a lot of nonsense. Well, we've we've kept some of those things for the show tonight, but some things are going to be a little bit different. There's no present opening, sadly, this year. We've not been able to kind of coordinate getting the presents to each other, so we'll maybe have a, a late Christmas at some point in 2021. Also, and this probably will not come as a surprise to any of our regular listeners... The presents that I actually ordered for Steve and Zach have not arrived yet. Good old Canada Post. Can always rely on them to mess up my plans. And I did order them in plenty of time this year, so that's not an excuse. Hopefully they do turn up, because the ones from a couple of years ago never did. But that's a whole other story. But if you're listening to your first AFTN Christmas special, you might be wondering what to expect. Well, what we've got in store for you tonight is we're going to be talking football. We'll be looking at some Whitecap stuff, some MLS news, the CONCACAF Champions League that wrapped up. We'll be talking a little bit CPL. And what we like to do on our Christmas show is just to to not just concentrate on the football side of things. So our feature interview in this episode is one that we were very excited to bring you. We've wanted to do it for a couple of years. We finally got it done. Long-time listeners will know and hopefully love our infamous Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive section. The title music for that segment is by an English band called The New Royal Family, fronted by a Scottish lead singer, David Barnett from Brecon. And after moving that segment over to my East Fife podcast, Glory Days of Gold, 
David got in touch with us. We got chatting. We thought, we've got to get you on our Christmas special. We've done just that, so that's going to be coming up in parts three and four. And we're also going to be having our usual splattering of Christmas music as well. Not as many Christmas songs as previous years. I'm sure you'll be glad to know that. But we're going to bring you a few throughout the show. And I want to kick those off right now. When you think of Christmas songs, and we, we've spoken to a lot of players over the years, asked what their favourite Christmas songs are, you tend to find that a lot of them from the UK, or a lot of the guys that have played in the UK, Cal Robinson, David Edgar, Scott Sutter, just to name three, their favourite song, their favourite Christmas song, is the Pogues classic fairy tale of New York. Well, if you listened to last year's show, you'll know that what we tried to do was all our artists of the month, when it came to the Christmas show, we picked a Christmas song that they had done to play on the show. We've not been able to do that with all our artists of the month this year, and we're not playing that many songs this year anyway, but one of our artists of the month, way back in March, were a Scottish band from Stornoway in the Western Isles, Pete and Diesel, with a cult following in Scotland. They sing a lot of their songs in Gaelic, If you missed those songs, definitely go and check them out. Some absolute crackers that we played for you back in March. But last year, they brought out a Christmas single, and it was their version of Fairy Tale of New York, featuring another local artist, Mary. And I'm going to bring you that now, kicking off our Christmas festivities. This is Pete and Diesel and Fairy Tale of Stornoway. Was Christmas Eve, babe In the drunk tank An old man said to me I won't see another one And then he sang a song By Johnny Dotterman I turned my face away and dreamed about you Got on a lucky one Came in 18 to 1 I got a feeling That this year's for me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby can't see a better time When all our dreams come true They've got cars, big as Mars They've got rivers of gold When the wind goes right through you Like it does in Clamore When you first took my hand On the cold Christmas Eve me, Broadway was waiting for me. You were hot, here, yeah, pretty queen of Stornoway City. When the band finished playing, they cried out for more. The floors were swinging, the bulldogs were singing. We kissed on, on the corner, then danced through the night. And the boys of the SY Village Fire were singing, nail and break. And the bells were ringing out for Christmas Day.
And Diesel there, Fairytale of Stornoway, the first of our Christmas songs in tonight's show. We don't have as many coming up as we usually do, but the ones we've picked, hopefully you'll really enjoy. So let's get into the, the football chat now, and we're going to start by turning our attentions to Vancouver Whitecaps. Not a lot to talk about this week, but there, there is a few things I, I kind of want to bring up with you, and then a, a couple of things that's happened uh, around MLS. First thing to just mention to you guys, didn't get a chance, obviously, to get your thoughts on my chat with MDS last week. So, I mean, what what did you make of some of the stuff that MDS said there, Zach? I mean, he he's talking about wanting to, to bring in the senior DP. We asked the question that Steve raised, and he, he said he was very glad that that question was asked as to whether we're bringing in a 10 or a 10 that can play an 8 or just a, an 8 that can play a 10. So, I mean, it looks like we're targeting a 10, but it he does feel like in the modern game that the role of your traditional number 10 maybe doesn't exist a, a, as much as it used to. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was this time when you were talking to Axel or whatever. You you said Pedro Morales was the only one in, Van, in, the, in the MLS era in Vancouver. Yeah. And I... I even though he wasn't fully utilized there, I, I think you have to mention David Cumento, just for the record. Yeah, uh, he would have been if he had been properly utilized. That that's the issue. We wasted his talents, I I feel. Yeah, partly because he was the kind of player where you it's hard to <laughs> you don't it, when you ask him to do a lot of the defensive work, you don't always get the, the full performance out of yeah. him. Yeah. So that's he, 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 he would be your he would he would be a guy that uh, ranges free on the field. Like you can't yeah. expect mm-hmm. him to come back and, and support it that way. But that's in, why in you, with, with a guy like Cumiento, you need a striker that will play defensive that will cover up for his his role. But in MLS, in the modern game in general, you can't really do that. Like, I mean, you can't really do that and let, like you said, Steve, the, yeah. the structure of the team or the roles within the team make up for that. Yeah. 
right? And, and when you look at the, you know, some of the hardest working tens or some of the hardest working creative players or some of the, the best tens or the best creative players, they now are players who are in, uh, involved in high, in, in high pressing teams where they, they are doing a lot of, they're doing a lot of work, but are still also being creative. So things have definitely shifted in the game in general, especially, you know, since, you know, 10 years ago when, when Davide was first here. Mm. So, I mean, I mean, MDS did say, Steve, the the guy that they're bringing in, they want him more in the the front of the pitch. Yeah. They don't want him tracking back as much to, to have to defend as much. They want him to be the playmaker. So, I mean, that's positive signs. No, that that's fine. Like, if if he's he's playing a 10, it's not whether, you know, who, who can define somebody as a 10 or an 8 or something like that. It's how they play on the pitch. And that's the most important part. If he's, but there's no harm in that guy being a, a solid defensive player as long as he's got that creativity where he can support the striker. He can he can uh, you know bang the ball out to the wings and get it wide or something like that if he needs to. You just need somebody versatile enough to do that. If he's talented enough, if he's a number eight that's talented enough to be a ten, I have no problem with that. It's just a matter of how he plays on the pitch. I mean, there there's not been a lot of rumours so far this year, which may or may not be a good sign for for the Whitecaps. It could be that they're they're just keeping a a closer kind of shroud around what what targets they're dealing with, or it might be that there's just not that many targets. Well, the thing is, the thing is, I had a, fu- a funny idea about this. I think those rumours really came into place when they got into that Alfonso Davies money, and now maybe agents are realizing they're not spending it. So there's no point of using the Whitecaps as the, like, uh, 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 you know, using them to get more money somewhere else or something like that. Maybe that's what's going on here. Well, funnily enough, there has been some kind of murmurs over yeah. the last couple of months and the Whitecaps name gets thrown in there. And you're like today, Matarita from New York City FC, a left back, one of the clubs apparently interested in them, it said, was Vancouver Whitecaps. And it's like... Left back is the least of our concerns right now. We've got two solid left backs. That's, I don't think we're in, in the market for a left back. When those rumors come out, either that agent knows a lot, that he knows maybe that Ali Adnan's moving on, and that's why they're looking at a left back, or he doesn't really pay attention to the roster and he has no idea. So it's either or in this case. Uh, I, I, I think sometimes it's the agents that are throwing names out there, teams out there, or it's the... Um, uh, what do you want to like? The the, the Whitecaps might have inquired about him, like ask, oh, is he available, or you know, what what would it be? It should happen every day of the week because you have to be proactive in in identifying where players are. Oh, absolutely. Um, just one one of the other things, just what to touch on what what MDS said was, we spoke about adding a defensive piece, an experienced head in the back. I also talked as well about. You're seeing all these teams doing big deals for for Gam, and just like shipping money off all over. And we are sitting on a lot of Gam just now. And he said the club's prepared to do that. They've tried to do that. The deals just haven't come off, which is unfortunately standard that we've heard from the Whitecaps for years. I, I do genuinely believe it, though, in the case of trading within the league, because if you're wanting a player that's in the league. The, the, the selling club is the one that holds all the cards. But it did sound like we are prepared to bring in some MLS experience, and it does sound like he, he might want to bring somebody in on the back line, a centre-back. And he, he did mention as well the possibility of, say, a right-back stroke centre-back. So uh, could be a few interesting possibilities out there. 
there were a number of things in that in your conversation with him that were i think like a little bit concerning and a little bit like he's it's he's in he's in between a rock and a hard place in one sense right because what what can he say right like there's a lot that he doesn't control that he he can't say much about right um and so when reflecting on the past he can't say he can't uh, explicitly say things like yeah well we don't have those players because we didn't spend you know what I mean? He's not going to say that about his employers. Uh, but at the same time, even when you asked him about, you know, hey, you know, people have had been promised lots in the past and very little has been delivered. Um, he said, you know, I can't tell you. I'm not going to make promises to you. But then he sort of indicated that, oh, they're good. They're willing or they're going to go out and, you know, if they get the players that he, you know, on his wish list. Well, yeah, but that wasn't a promise. That was just him saying right what he he's looking to do which i'm working i hope everyone knows i'm working hard and all, all that kind of stuff like yeah but like it was there was parts of it that were disconcerting one because i i know what whitecaps ownership has done with wishlist in the past and it's not <laughs> it's not very good um and and two it, so just some of the ways he was even talking about it it was just a little bit like it left a lot to be desired. Like, I don't know how, how did it sit with you, Michael, when he used the language and I, and again, yeah, just off, off the top, like I respect MDS. I think he's a, a, a good coach. I think he uh, can do well in this league. I think he could potentially even do well in Vancouver. I think the, the Vancouver part is what would hold him back from, from succeeding the ownership and, and their approach. But were, was anyone else like a little bit concerned or put off when he used the language of, going from a six to an eight like like yeah it's good to go up but like why why are they not going for a 10 out of 10 you know what i mean like he's talking about like we want to go we've been six out of ten like uh, upgrading the position yeah yeah like okay it's good you want to upgrade but why why is there is there no desire to get to 10 like that yeah i think they're hoping a bit odd I, i think I think that maybe they're hoping that the eight develops into a ten, or something like that. Maybe yeah. that's what they're looking actually, for. Actually, that probably is. Whether you go with the young DP. Yeah, that's spot on. Actually, for it, for it probably is Steve because. But so then, why the, communicate that in your public communications? Like it, again, it just shows yeah. we're not trying to be the best. We're not trying to do. Our ambition is lower than everyone else. Well, I mean, the only player that's kind of really been named as a, a guy that the Whitecaps might be interested in is going to be one of these young designated players. 20-year-old Colombian winger, Daibar Saicedo. Nashville hold his his discovery rights by all accounts and had made overtures to, to bring him into the league this year, but it, it didn't happen. Interestingly, the Whitecaps did make a an unconnected trade this this week with Nashville, Sending them 175,000 in GAM, so hitting that GAM that was wanting for a big trade to get an international roster spot, which is the going rate now for an international roster spot, which does feel crazy to me. But so, I mean, it looks like we are clearly bringing in international guys. It's all about supply and demand. If there's there's enough players out there like that, people want to get in and they want it's hard to find one, you're gonna have to pay extra for it. Um, I I'm just wondering, like, like, can we get rid of this discovery stuff? Like, the players are already yeah. out there. Nobody's discovered them. It's their players have been playing there. The the fact that somebody's probably got a Messi on their discovery list list is is pathetic, because you know everybody knows he's good. Nobody needs to discover him at all. 
Steve, is leave your, less alone MLS. Is your concern with just the the like the syntax, like the 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 like the language? No, it, it shouldn't. I don't think people should be put on a list like that. It's it, but like if you if you're, if you're like it's oh, it's constricting movement basically, and I don't th- think that's right personally. But the problem is, Steve, I agree. The problem is, it, it it's part of. I, I agree with you in terms of the language. I think the language is poor, and could use an upgrade. But when you have a league that is a single entity, and players are signing their contract with the league, yeah, in, within that that group of club, teams within the league, you need to have some sort of way to differentiate between who gets what player first, kind of thing. That's a that's I'm a good point. Saying, I'm not that saying it's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying it's great, but like within their system. You do need some way to prioritize. So yeah, the language should change, mm-hmm. but the mechanism itself—if they're not going to change other things—yeah, then it, they, they need something to say like, okay, guys, especially like, the, especially to protect yeah. the younger, uh, the, the smaller market teams. I guess yes, yeah, like, like ourselves. So I mean, obviously, I, I did ask MDS a, a lot of important questions on last week's show, and I mean, a few people got in touch with me and said you didn't ask the the burning question, the question that we'd really wanted to know. Don't worry, I did. I just saved it for the, for this episode. So let's find out just what is Mar DeSantis's favourite jam. What's your favourite jam? Traffic jam. What's wrong with raspberry? What's wrong with plum? How's about a blob of elderberry on a scone? What's your favourite jam? If you were sitting at home at night and you decided you wanted some toast or a crumpet or an English muffin and you wanted to have some jam on it, what's your favourite jam? Blueberry. Oh. That's a that's an out of the box one. Yeah, blueberry jam. I love it. That's great. What's your favorite jam? So, I mean, were you guys surprised that that he went for blueberry? Not really. Huh. I wouldn't be surprised about that. No, I mean blue. He was with the Impact. It makes sense. He's with the Whitecaps. They're blue a little bit. True, and we'll be talking some impact stuff uh, in, in the last part of tonight's show. Just a little bit to, to wrap up the, this first part of the show. Canada has announced their training camp for January 21. It feels like having a training camp in Florida in a pandemic might not be the, the brightest thing to do, but it's the last chance for Canada to get these guys together before the World Cup qualifiers actually start in March 2021. Four members of the Whitecaps have been called up for this camp. Goalkeeper Maxime Cropot, centre-back Derek Cornelius, left-back Christian Gutierrez getting his first call-up for the Canadian national team, so that's fantastic. Isn't he making and, his official switch or something? Was, was he, he was capped at youth level for Chile, wasn't he? I thought I read or heard somewhere that he is actually is or has is or is it going to make the whatever official switch he needs to but I'm- oh interesting um i mean i'm i'm pleased for him and, and cav is the last of the four white cats guys but for guti like when i spoke to him back in january he did mention then 
that one of the reasons of him coming to MLS was he wanted to get into the, the Canadian national team picture. So, I mean, it's fantastic for him getting called up there. But some very other interesting sort of call-ups to this. Goalkeeping-wise, I mean, a, a guy that had a great island games for Valor and then went back and did well for the impact for a spell, James Pantemis, he's got his call-up. As has Dane St. Clair, who we, we spoke about it, Zach, had a, a great season for Minnesota. So good to see those two guys in the squad as well as Maxime Cropot. I think those are all good call-ups. And this is, this is um, as much as it is um, preparation, like you said, for uh, qualifying, this is also like a, uh, what are they, is there an, I forget the Canadian name, is it Camp Cupcake or what, what do they call this? Is that what they call for the Amer- Americans? Oh, for their camp, yeah, I can't remember. January camp, it's like whatever, yeah. it's usually, usually not the European players, it's usually MLS players or yeah. Uh, well, I mean, th- this is mostly like domestic-based players, but there are some from overseas, like Sam Arakugbe's coming into yeah. it from Valerenga. They're they're off a break too, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good for I think it was good for those players. Dane Sinclair, it's nice to see him there. Yeah, Pantomus, I think earned it. Crepo, I think you know, is a top Canadian keeper in MLS. Yeah, or the top Canadian keeper in MLS, arguably. Tajon Buchanan's got his call up after his good year with New England, but Joel Waterman, yes, Montreal Impact, hasn't played a lot for the Impact, but great to see him coming in. BC lad from from your old university as well, and it's just really nice to see Joel get his first ever call up at any level for for Canada. So that was good. But Steve, technically, the- I went to the seminary there for a little bit, but yeah. Oh, I thought you kind of went there for more, but anyway. It's on the campus. Yeah, it's connected. It's part of it, yeah. The One of the big ones I want to talk to you about, Steve, though, is Ayo Akinola. John Herdman's called him up for this, just like America called him up for their friendly against El Salvador. So both countries vying for his services just now. At some point, when it's an actual serious game that's going to cap tie him, both countries are going to call him up. So that's when he's going to have to make that decision. And it could come as soon as March next year. Yeah, the thing is, he's got to take into account that, you know, he, like, will he get a better chance at playing in America or Canada? Because America has that tendency to cap tie everybody, and then they end up not using that player again. Like, uh, uh, <coughs> Teal. Teal. Huh? Teal Bunbury. Yeah. Teal Bunbury is the old example that, that the guy that was half, uh, Icelandic or whatever. I, I haven't heard of him lately Aaron, at all. Aaron, I don't remember. Aaron Johansson? Yeah, I haven't heard of him. Have you? Like, like yeah. he hasn't been called up to America, the American team. Like, no, he was like half half Atlant- Icelandic, half like Minotaur or something. Was he not? Something, something. Uh, but yeah, they they tend to go through a lot of players. Like they'll bring a player in, and then you won't hear him ever again. Yeah, they'll be he'll be hyped up like to the to the to the moon, and but then you don't see him again. So he's got to take that into account. I don't know if people you know, actually pay attention to past history or not, uh, but. Uh, some of these guys should because yeah. you get cap tied once and you're never going to play another international game again. My understanding is too, because um, people were some people I think were a little bit surprised when he played for the states, uh, whatever a while ago, and he he scored in that game, right? In that friendly, did I he think score? he did. It was six now. I don't, I can't remember who who exactly scored, but yeah, I think he scored. But anyways, um, some people were surprised or hurt or sad or whatever about that. But my understanding is the information that's come out today is that. Canada has always been in a conversation with them and they basically encouraged him, said, Hey, go and 
check out their setup, go and be a part of a camp there and see what it's yeah. like and come and be a part of something yeah. else. That's the, and, then that's make, the, and then make your decision ahead of when it's, it's time to make the decision. So they're, I think they're trying to play it cool yeah, and, and do the best they can to make him feel wanted and cared for without pressuring him, you know? Like yeah. Saying, you know, and that's the best way to do it, especially it's the best way to do it, especially when you're the underdog to get that team, like yeah. that player or whatever. You might as well let him explore all his options and just support him that way. So the other interesting names on that list, Michael, are Marcello Flores from Arsenal U18s and Theo. Yeah, Porto I don't know him at all. Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves guy as well. I don't know. I thought you'd maybe want to talk about Boosty getting his first call up since yes, 2017, sorry. and very well deserved as well after the, the season he had. The other player on this, on this, I know we've, I think he's been called before and stuff, and I haven't, I've only, I don't think I've seen a lot of him for, for actual play for TFC, but Noble Okello, you guys know him from TFC, big central midfielder. Not no, really. I, I've, I've heard of him, but yeah. I, yeah, I haven't seen him play that often. Whenever, whenever I, whenever I play FIFA, usually with my son, we, we play a season, a career mode as managing Bayern, and then on my own, for fun, I choose a Bundesliga three team and start as a coach in the, in the third Bundesliga. And quite often, I buy or loan in Noble Okello, and he just rocks it in the, in the third division in Germany and uh, and helps me do very well. But uh, anyways, in the video... Maybe John Herdman does the same. Yeah. <laughs> I've just recently started AFC Wimbledon, uh, uh, the career mode. So they're, they're starting over there, yeah. Yeah, keep us updated. Bankrupt. I will. Huh? Don't get them bankrupt. Don't bankrupt them. No, no, I'm not going to bankrupt. I, I influxed like a hundred million dollars of bankroll there oh. to, to start off the thing, and I and I recreated Pauline as well. Not, not totally recreated, but I built a, a effectively. Well, they've moved you back to Pauline. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I created like in in the game they don't have that available, oh, so yeah. I I made I kind of created a different scene. Well, that is it for this part. We are going to be back talking some MLS and Concacaf Champions League stuff after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. They said there'd be snow at Christmas. They said there'd be peace on Earth. But instead, it just kept on raining. A veil of tears for a virgin birth. I remember one Christmas morning The winter's light and the distant choir The peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell And eyes full of tinsel and fire
Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show Christmas Special on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a guy that we're going to be mentioning later on in our feature interview with David Barnett. It's Keith Top of the Pops. From his newly released Christmas album, The Complete Keith's Christmas Covers Collection, Volumes 1 and 2. All of that spelt with the letter K. You can find that on Bandcamp. Just go to thehitsofkeith.bandcamp.com to get hold of that album. Keith Top of the Pops is a guy that's collaborated with a, a number of bands from the English indie scene over the years. was also the producer of Art Brute's first two albums. As David Barnett said there, he plays guitar on some of these songs. And the song we picked for you tonight was a cover of a Greg Lake song from 1975. That is The Lake from Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Got to number two in the charts in the UK back in the mid-70s. And that was, I believe, in Father Christmas. So you guys feeling in the Christmas spirit then? Yeah, sure. Why not? I, it's a bit of a different Christmas show, uh, uh, as I can uh, explained. Sorry. But sorry, I should let everybody know that Zach did nod, uh, which is not great for. Uh, uh, sorry, I, I don't know. Though, was that a podcast question or? <laughs> oh yeah, that yeah it was. <laughs> yeah, you Zach's call- the only one wearing like a Santa hat. And that's I got, all I'm wearing. I got a soccer ball with a reindeer on my on behind me. That's true. Um, I've got a dog that I did put antlers on, but they were on for two seconds before she ripped them off. She did not like antlers. Oh, I, I guess street dogs don't often get antlers put on them in Mexico. It's just just a thought <laughs> I, I've now had. But <laughs> so, I mean, like presents wise, are you guys expecting any football related presents this year? I ask you this every year, and no, the answer is usually no. But no, I'll ask I don't again. Think so. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think there's a Fraser Valley Campiel team under my tree yet. But ah. for, for for once, uh, you guys are getting some soccer related presents. Oh, interesting! From you? Yeah, soccer related. Oh, uh, Steve, I have a gift for you, but I don't think Old you're school. gonna like it that much. I don't care. You sort yeah. of told me once you don't like it, but I want to get it for you anyways. And like, no, it's fine. Been, I don't. Oh, I never. What a great I present! Never, <laughs> right? <laughs> way, way, way to build it up. <laughs> no, I, I guess the bar I, low. I, you I, any, the bar low, and then. Boom. I don't mind any any gift is good, man. I don't I, I don't not like any gifts. I I've got you two the same gift, and I also bought myself the gift. Oh, you guys have you guys have the same gift too. Oh, excellent. You. Oh. So you guys are gonna have to open it. To, to you guys do not have the same gift for me. If yours ever arrives, same size for both of you. Th- this this is harking <laughs> back as same size. Interesting. Ho- no, I'm just kidding. Hopefully, no, I'm it's just in kidding. medium. It's, it's not clothing. <laughs> it's not clothing. It's not clothing. Yeah, uh, your present's coming from China. Again. again? The one that never arrived two years ago, that is still somewhere in Canada post vaults, but anyway. If it's clothing, it's put it in the... Yeah, if it's clothing, uh, make sure you just put it in a wash before you give it to us. It's not this this year. <laughs> it's 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 good. It's not. It's it's something we can all enjoy together. That's all, all I'll say. I've got a couple of football-related gifts that I'm getting this year, and I know that because I made Caitlin order it. I stood over her shoulder while she was on the the websites doing it. (laughs) That's the only way I get what I want. (laughs) So uh, I'm getting a a Scottish football book called Snapshot, which is a photographic essay 
just capturing old football grounds in Scotland and some unique grounds and like the Highlands and Islands and stuff. So, I mean, that looks very good. It's produced by the guys that do Nutmeg magazine, which some listeners might know. I'm in the latest issue of that, actually. It was interviewed uh, for our whole Cowden family song that caused uh, a lot of furore a couple of years ago in Scotland, I think 1996 or more than a couple of years ago, when we were on BBC television and watched by 17 million people singing an abusive song about the people of Cowdenbeath. Well, Cowdenbeath didn't like that, apparently. I'm shocked. Yeah. It, it, you have to go onto like AFTN website's YouTube account and like watch the original clip from the 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 show that we were on singing the song, but then also the Scottish television news report a couple of days later, where they just went around the streets of Cowdenbeath asking people what they thought about people from Methyl calling folk in Cowdenbeath dirty and smelly and poor and scummy. And one woman's like, that's terrible, he should be shot! The best football gift I ever got was, I probably told you guys before, but one year my wife... um just did one of the, I think through like an online service or whatever, but just made a, like a coffee table book of like, uh, of TIFOs that we've done over the years. Oh, nice. That's probably my, my favorite football gift that I've ever gotten. Mine is the one that Michael gave me because it's the only so- football gift I've ever gotten. <laughs> Maybe comic not strip. for much longer. The comic strip one. Remember the comic strip yeah. one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Yeah, I'm going to keep Stim. Uh, I am getting another book as well, Extra Time by Daniel Gray. It's his third book. Can I harken back for people my age to football days of past? We're going to actually have Daniel on the show next year for an interview, so watch out for that. This I was for- gonna, I was actually going to get you a book, but I had no idea if you ha- would have it or not, and I didn't want to order it. Uh, yeah. Because I, you've got too many. You you should send a list once. When that, see, that, that's, that's Caitlin's issue with me. She yeah. can't buy me anything because I just buy myself stuff over the course of the year. But since right. we're talking about football books, I bought a book for Mark DeSantis last year for Christmas that I never gave him because I wanted to read it. And I was going to give it to him for Christmas this year, but I never finished reading it. But I confessed that to him and had a little chat about football books. Let's see what kind of books MDS reads. So Mark... In the past, we've talked about what football movies and what football documentaries that you like to watch to to pass the time. If I kind of turn the attention now to books about football, and I've got to be honest with you here, at Christmas, I actually bought you a Christmas present. It was the book Football Hackers, The Science and Art of a Data Revolution by Christoph Biermann. Now, this was a book that I thought would be of interest to you, and I wasn't really sure if, if you would have read it or not. No, never. I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's basically the blurb from the back says, The future of football is now, and it's a look at how football's data revolution has only just begun, and it's looking at like how clubs are using advanced metrics and detailed analysis, and how it's already reshaping the, the modern game, and how it's only going to be used even more in the future and the the guy that wrote this has kind of travelled around the world looking at how clubs have implemented it and including clubs in the the US as well and my other confession is like I say I did buy you this for Christmas but then I kind of started reading it 
And I thought, oh, this is really good. And I never got much into it by Christmas. So I thought, oh, I'll just kind of keep it for now. And then I still haven't really got too much into it, but I want to try and read that over the next couple of weeks. And then I'll I'll make sure that I, I get it to you. Do you read many football books? I mean, what... what... I, I, I read a lot on uh, leadership. I, I don't read only on football. Uh, I, read, I read a biography, the biography even as Tony Dungy, uh, former NFL cl- uh, coach. Yeah. Um, I like to read about leadership, about people, how they manage groups. Uh, but earlier in my career, I would read a lot So MDS there, he's, he's a big fan of leadership books and reading about like leaders in sport, like Tony Dungy, he, he mentioned Steve, he, he, he likes like reading stuff like that. So yeah, I will get that book to him at some point next year. I nearly got it to him for this Christmas, but you he's know, only, he's only got a He's only got a year left on the contract. Make sure you get it to him. <laughs> oh, I've still, still got quite a few chapters of it to go. Michael, does it, does it, his copy come with like, your highlights and your writings in the margins or stuff that he shouldn't miss? Yeah, I mean, I, I do feel, I hope he takes it in the, the spirit it's meant, which is, this is a good book. Just because I'm giving you a book on how to scout players and bring decent players to a football <laughs> club, I'm not casting aspersions on what you're doing at the club. I just want to like s- stress that now for, for anyone that, that is listening. I mean, it, it wasn't like when I when I gave Tommy Soane the big book of football tactics <laughs> back in 2011. That was a whole other thing. <laughs> the the idiot guide, idiot's guide to football management. <laughs> anyway, so, since we're since we're back talking about football in a in a way, I I want to talk to you about something that was peak MLS that happened oh, this week. I now, saw this. Oh, I mean, the, the drafts have been going. It's been pretty uneventful. I've been worried all year, as regular listeners for the show will know, that Corona was just going to spread throughout MLS. And here he is, Joe Corona. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Corona, Corona, Corona. Drafted by Austin in the expansion draft. Not yet signed in the three days that Austin had to do a deal. Now selected in the re-entry draft by Houston Dynamo, who now own his MLS right. That, I, uh, 
Steve, let's come to you first because Zach's gone. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, like, it's something that you would think that they would allow an expansion team to talk to players to see if they're interested in coming. Oh. They clearly he wasn't interested in coming to Austin, yeah. but he'd rather go to Houston, which is not that far away. Yeah. Um, he could have pulled well, himself actually, out of the re-entry draft, but he didn't. So that's yeah. telling. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, they need to get a better idea what's going on. This is like shades of Espindola all over again. <laughs> I mean, the fact that it's, it's a guy I called it, Corona as yeah, well in 2020 yeah, yeah. is just, it's just like, Mwah, chef's kiss. And the fact that he moved to like three different places, he could attract the Corona. Yes. Oh. <laughs> And I mean, go to Texas at least. It's there or Florida uh, is the place that he really should have landed. So. Well, it would be awesome if somebody from Florida, one of the, uh, the Inter Miami, traded for him or something like that, and brought him in. I hear they've gone for Patrick Plague, the the French striker. They're going to bring him in instead. But yeah, I just when I saw that, I was like, "What?" Because I I was at work and someone sent me a DM going, "You seen this?" And I'm like. What the actual fuck? And then like reading it, and it's like, oh, I guess it makes sense. And did, did the way anybody, that MLS is. Did, did anybody play with the headline at all? I didn't see that at all, and I didn't well, write anything on it. Otherwise, I definitely yeah. Would have, but... it, it, easy one was Corona spreads across Texas. Yeah, <laughs> that could very well be a headline just any day of yeah. the the week at the moment. But I just wanted to mention that. But since we're talking about MLS teams. MLS's quest for landing a CONCACAF Champions League fell short just again. I was torn. I kind of wanted LAFC to do it just because of Mark Anthony Key. I thought it would be nice for him. And he had a, a nice hand in the first two goals of, of the game, really. Um, <laughs> setting up LAFC's opener and some horrific defending I've watched it a couple of times. I still don't really know what happened with him. I guess he just fell over. But uh, they were seven minutes from taking the, the game to penalties. And then Gignac. I, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd texted Zach saying, oh, can you imagine Gignac and Cavallini up front for the Whitecaps? And then I thought, how old is he now? Oh, he's 35. Okay, maybe not. In my head, he was still just about 32. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I genuinely thought he was still just 32, 33, because folk don't age in my head. Yeah. But, I mean, did, did you you watch the final? What did you make of it? The the semi. Uh, let, let's actually talk about the semi first of all. Did, did you watch LAFC's semi uh, against Club America? That would be a no for me, sorry. Oh. I, I actually, I didn't. But my wife has also asked me to stop laughing so loud because I'm being too loud. Oh, um, no, I didn't catch the semis at all. I've been busy and doing stuff and whatever, but I did catch uh, part of the Tigers uh, eating the goats. So you, you didn't see the sending off then of Atuesta? No, tell me. Oh, so him and the keeper go for the ball. Um, and to me, it was a penalty, actually, and Atuesta to start with. Ochoa, the keeper, goes down and kind of like is in his face. And all Atuesta does is put his hand up. It doesn't make contact with Ochoa, he goes down clutching everything, Atuesta gets sent off, there's no VAR so LAFC at that point are one goal down and a man down and then they came out and scored three goals in the second half to, to get into the final. But oh, they lost them for the final oh, They man. did, and there's no appeal either 
That's a joke. CONCACAF That's are introducing cap. VAR next year, but because oh, this is the 2020 final, they, they said we're not adding it in. But if any region in the world needs VAR, it's CONCACAF. Yeah. I can imagine that'll help Bob Bradley sleep well this, this Christmas, knowing that they're bringing it in next year. Yeah. Yeah, if, but... But of, of Concacaf VAR is that going to be the same level as any other VAR? It's or is it going to be just you're getting no, but like on, on a game, yeah, yeah, still got a Concacaf ref looking at it. Yeah. The bars, yeah. Yes, I agree with you. But in a his leg's like still that, hanging on. Of course, it's not. Where a there's, where there's no contact, and you have a player who's embellished like a Choa, and I'm, I, I don't, I don't really like a Choa. Um, uh, like then at least you can like. <clears throat> there's a mechanism for setting the record straight, and y- you need multiple people to be incompetent. To, to get it wrong in VAR, typically, yeah. Right? So it, it, it was just I mean, like you're right. It's not past them. Yeah, it was a it was a bad example. I I actually I said this in last week's show. I liked having the the Champions League at this time of year because there's no other football on, and it was it was some exciting games. And I I wouldn't mind if they did that every year. Shitty for the players because you're away. And I guess if you then go back, you're gonna have to quarantine before Christmas and stuff. But anyway. But yeah, the 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 weight is still there for an MLS team, so the Whitecaps still have that chance of being the first MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Anyway, that is it for the football chat for now. We're going to be back in part five talking a bit more, but coming up after our next Christmas song is our feature interview for this week. We'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Alfonso Davies, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show.
have a wonderful Christmas, good or bad this year. There's nobody's business. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Die Hard is a Christmas film, and so is Die Hard too. I want to drink some glue vine and watch them both with you. Good or bad this year. There's nobody's business. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show 2020 Christmas Special on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And the Christmas song kicking off this part was the flip side to a song that we played on last year's AFTN Soccer Show. We also gave it an airing last episode as well. German band Gurr featuring Art Brute's Eddie Argos. That was Christmas... One and Only, a Christmas single that they released in 2018. Love both sides of that. Love the videos for both the tracks as well. Check them out on YouTube. Gur, of course, were our Artists of the Month for January this year. Eddie Argos's Art Brute were Artists of the Month back in 2018. As was his good friends, the New Royal Family. The band which penned the classic... Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? The song that spawned a section all of its own, not just here on the AFT and Soccer Show, but also on my East Five podcast, Glory Days of Gold. Last year we mentioned that we were wanting to try and, and get hold of lead singer David Barnett to have a chat with him about the song and just a, a few more things as well. Never managed to, to make that come off, unfortunately. But then, 2020 is a weird year. I don't need to tell you that. So as I mentioned there, started an East Five podcast with my good friend Lee Gillis back in Scotland. And of course, I, I can't do an AFTN podcast without having anyone fancy a chocolate digestive. I mean, if there's one section that epitomises the show, it's that. So we started doing it on Glory Days of Gold. Became very popular over in Fife as well. So much so, in fact, that word actually got back to New Royal Family lead singer David Burnett that the song was getting used on our shows and was the title of a, a whole segment all in itself. So he got in touch with us, we got chatting, and we thought, what is better for our Christmas special than to sit down for a chat with the man himself? He's not a football fan, but we've got a, a great little chat that we had with him coming up over the next two parts. Lot of music chat, lot of chat about the song, and a lot more besides. So grab your hot beverage of choice, sit back, ideally with a chocolate digestive, and enjoy part one of our chat with New Royal Family lead singer and writer of Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive, David Barnett. So I am delighted now to tell everyone, kid, to get down with the sound that makes you jump around because we have the lead singer of the new royal family with us. It's the one, the only, David Barnett. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing very well indeed, Michael. Thank you for having me. Delighted to finally get you on the show. You're our first guest. You're making history that is being interviewed for both 
the AFT and soccer show and glory days of gold. So you're going to be on both podcasts across the Atlantic. Both are Christmas specials because it's that kind of special interview. And for any new listeners, you've probably got no idea why we're doing this. But for regular listeners... No, I'm not sure I do, to be honest. But well, yeah. yeah. But we'll get into how all this is, has played out then. Because, let's be honest, it's been a, it's been a bizarre couple of weeks, I think, especially for David, when he discovered that... His song that he wrote, what, maybe, well, you didn't write it, but it was released about 13 years ago. I believe you wrote it way, way, way earlier than that when you were at high school. Anyone That's fancy correct. a chocolate yes. digestive? Yes. Our cult classic on both podcasts. I think we're due him a bit of royalty from playing it for the last four years on our show here in Vancouver. But we'll, I'm sure, sure we'll, we'll come to that. We'll, we'll maybe let that slide. But let, well, first of all, let, let's get into the ins and outs of this song. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? When did you write it? Why did you write it? And surely your, your biggest song ever. Well, um, it's quite a convoluted tale, but I imagine your listeners are used to long periods of boredom punctuated by pain. So um, uh, I, the funny thing about Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive is it's actually a cover version um, it is uh, originally a song by a band called Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive, which was pretty much my first band when I was at school in Brecon, which is not far from, not too far from East Fife, anyway. Um, and uh, we were we were basically Sex Pistols fans as teenagers, and we used to make a racket in the music room. They had a drum kit and some guitars there. So me and some friends, Callum Clark, who was called Nam, he was kind of like, um, a bit like a sort of punk Simon Le Bon. I don't know why he was called Nam. I don't think he ever was involved in combat operations in <laughs> Southeast Asia, but he was called Nam. And then there was a guy called Stuart Finney who played the drums. And he was like a cross between uh, Animal from the Muppets and Vivian from the Young Ones. And his his party trick was to um, throw what he would call an epi-fit, um, which involved falling off his drum kit, thrashing around and knocking them over. The funny thing, that, not really funny, the thing was he actually was epileptic. So it was difficult to know whether he was doing it for a laugh or whether he was, you know, in uh, serious jeopardy. So there was us three, and there was also a bass player called Nick Tom, who is now actually like a chief constable or something in the police in Scotland. He was on the news recently, but he, Nick never turned up to, I mean, it's one of those things when you're in a band at school, you're kind of in a band, but you don't really do much apart from go around saying, hey, we're in a band. So I don't think he even played at a rehearsal. So it was really the three of us and we mainly did Sex Pistols covers. I think originally we were called the Orgy Shotguns, which is, nice. you know, just the, like, <laughs> Uh, uh, sex pistols with other words and then and then I don't I think it was me that came up with the name anyone fancy a chocolate digestive it was in a, a a copy of smash hits I think one of their jokes so that was the name of the band and we changed it to um we spelt chocolate with a k because that's kind of punk rock and we we didn't have very many songs we'd written a song called who is Ernie Ledbetter I, I think it was about a like escape Nazi war criminal on the run or something and we got offered uh, 
our mate's dad had a four track recorder, which was kind of the height of technology at the time. And he offered to record some stuff. So we kind of went, oh, well, who is any lead better will be the single, but we need a B-side. So why don't we do one like uh, a theme song, like the monkeys, you know, hey, hey, we're the monkeys or something. And I can't remember which way around it was, but either me or Nam went, anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? And the other one, the other one instantly went, no, thank you, it sounds suggestive. And that that was kind of it. And we thought, oh, right, um, like that's right, let's work out the chords. And it's only got two chords, as you can probably tell, over and over again, and the same words over and over again. I remember saying, we, we do need some more words. And I wrote the line <laughs> about um, your brain being rejected or whatever. And that was it. And we recorded that. Um, and I kind of forgot about it. We played one gig at the Angus show uh, in Arbroath. And I, I forgot about it until many years later when I, I, I'd been in a band called The Boyfriends. Yes. And we kind of split up in great acrimony, as bands tend to do. It was, it, like, it was a hilarious story. Thousands of pounds of money stolen by our manager and so on. Anyway, uh, we were due to play this charity gig that I'd agreed to do at the end of the year. And obviously we'd split up, so it was difficult to do. So I, and I was a friend of the promoter, and I think he was kind of like, oh, God, our star turn isn't doing it. So I said, look, I'll, I'll put together an all-star ensemble band to fill this gap. And I, I was at a party with Charlie Stone, who had been the guitarist in Gay Dad, and uh, is, is actually in Salad now. She was in Salad back then, but is back in Salad now. And loads of bands. She's been in millions of bands, and she's a great guitarist. And I was kind of talking to her about it, and she said, I'll do it. And then we got Richard from The Boyfriend said, oh, I'll play the bass. And we've got Jen, drummer, and um, Alex was playing keyboards for us then. And, and, I, and I was kind of, originally we were going to do, I think, uh, some boyfriend songs, but they proved too difficult. So I said, look, I've got, I've got these songs I wrote when I was like a teenager, and they're all really easy. And they're a bit stupid, but I think we could do them. We could learn them easily. So that's what we did. And I think we were missing one. We were kind of like, well, we need one more song. And I went, well, there's, there's this really stupid one, but it's really easy. It's only got two chords, so you'll pick it up in no time. So that is anyone fancy a chocolate digestive. That's how it got added. And inevitably that was the one everybody remembered and liked. And I can't remember how the single came about, to be honest, but when it happened, it was like, yeah, we want that song, please. And that's, brings us up to 2007 and I'm dying to know <laughs> how, how the next that's kind of the first two phases phases of the song I'm looking forward to you telling me what the hell happened next yeah well I'm also looking forward to you telling me how you find out that we knew about it so basically the background to this is on the AFT and soccer show podcast we started that in 2013 so then after doing it for a few years, I started to add in some more fun segments. So our manager at the time, Carol Robinson, a Welsh international player, I, I decided to, because we, we're both from a fanzine background. So my my football fanzine back in there's five. A big, there's, a big, there's a big fanzine football music crossover with fanzines, isn't it? That's kind there of like is. the middle of the vein, I think. Well, our, our our whole thing, AFTN, Away From The Numbers, is named after a jam B-side. So it, it comes basically from that. So I've always done weird and wacky segments on in the fanzine on our website. So we started to do more of them in the show. To be honest, 
I describe our Canadian show as a UK-style football show that nobody in Canada really understands with lots of UK humour. But for some reason, they think, oh, this this must be funny because he's telling so that, us it's funny. Is that what people think UK football shows are like? Then? I think so, yeah. Because they, they just think of wacky UK <laughs> comedy and it's like, oh, yeah, he, he obviously knows what, what he's doing here. So we just, also, it was something that wasn't being done by other shows as well. So I was asking our manager lots of, it was like Carol Robinson's question of the week. And one of the weeks it was, what's your favourite biscuit? <laughs> so all these interviews he's doing I can, about... I can see where this is going now. You're yeah. Right. <laughs> so his was a bourbon, to, to, be, uh-huh. to be fair. Um, oh, sure. And so we do things like, because uh, he, he was Welsh, it's like super furry animals or stereophonics. And sadly, he picked stereophonics, whereas the correct answer was oh, obviously the is, super furry the animals. Answer. And he picked Bourbon. And I had said, because I had corrected him, I said, no, the right answer is super furry animals. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's my question. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. So then the it's, next it's not, it's, we don't want your opinion. We want the right yeah, answer. We want the right answer here. <laughs> so we'd done stuff like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, blah, blah, blah. So then we had got down to what's your favourite biscuit? And th- this is at our main training sessions where there's other journalists around asking serious questions. And I'm just like, what's your favourite biscuit, Carol? So he had said bourbon. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, chocolate digestive. So then I started asking the other coaching staff what their favourite biscuit was. And then I thought, I need to do this as an actual segment. And then Eddie Argos from Art Brute had mentioned your band on his Facebook page. Or I think you were doing a, yeah, I think you were doing a gig 2016, 15, 16 in London. You'd kind of got back together to do a couple of gigs or something. He was He was plugging you or the band or the gig or something like that. And I think he shared the video to Chocolate Digestive, or I went and just looked on YouTube and found a video. It was one of those two things, and I was like, oh, this song is a marriage made in heaven now for this segment that I am going to do, because not only is it giving the correct answer, it's giving us a, a fun introduction. It's catchy. Football fans That's love true. a catchy song that they can sing and chant. So then I replayed the Carol Robinson big question thing, as this segment, and then started doing all the other ones. Then it became a case of the, any Whitecaps player that joined the club, we would say to them, okay, you're, you're not a, a Whitecaps player till you answer this question. And then it's a three-part question, which we will do with you at the end. What well, if you're making a hot beverage at home, what is your hot beverage of choice? Mm-hmm. Are you a biscuit fan? What's your favourite biscuit? And do you dunk? Ooh. So that that is our segment. So Ooh. we'll come to that at the end with you. Goodness. So then we started doing it that you're not a Whitecaps player. Uh, uh, can unless... I ask, are, there, are there right and wrong answers to that as, as there are with the well, question? The, there is, to, to me, the correct because answer... Because I made point you if that's the case. Well, the correct answer to me would be just a, a cup of tea with a chocolate digestive and yes, you do dunk. I right. feel that is the correct answer. That's the trinity. That's the holy trinity yep. of the, the answer. However, as you're essentially royalty, and I hope you get the pun there, you can answer whatever you want. That, that's royalty. Really yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, because we have had some folks say rich tea biscuits, and I'm appalled mm. when that I is mean, I mean, I think a rich tea does go very well. I mean, this is jumping the gun, isn't it? We're getting into the biscuit chart a little early. Yes. But I do feel a rich tea is very good with a cup of tea. And for me, 
And Chocolate Digestive is more of a coffee accompaniment. Oh, but, um, interesting. But um, I don't want to stoke up too much controversy this early. Well, my, my wife is a rich tea fan, I have to right. say, because she's not a big chocolate biscuit fan. Right. But, I mean, it causes big arguments. How we've stayed married for 18 years, I, I don't know. Well, congratulations. Yeah. How she puts up with me, actually, talking about stuff. If you think Lee has no idea as to what we talk <laughs> about, my Canadian wife, who is 11 years younger than me, and I'm making her watch TV shows from the late 70s, and she's like, I, I don't understand this. Or, or worse, putting on things like Bless This House, Love Thy Neighbour, and she's well, like, I know that is very true. Th- these That's... are very inappropriate to be playing nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but back to, to that. So we, we started doing that, asking the players, which we get a lot of foreign players here. So when you ask a guy that's English is very basic what his favourite biscuit is, and also biscuit in North America is a different oh. thing. Oh, yeah, isn't it? It's like a cake or something. Yeah, it's right? a kind of breakfast thing, like a yeah. scone that right, you yeah. get a lot with fried chicken. Oh, my. Um, and it's a really kind of flaky them. thing. Yeah. Oh. So what that gets calling? Is it cookie? Is it, is it cookie? Uh, yeah, cookie. Well, so so right. sometimes we have to say cookie, but then that leads Americans into things right. to saying chocolate chip. is giving me some great ideas for the next album. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're looking forward to the, the tour of Vancouver where you will probably sell out. <laughs> that would be the weird thing in all of this. I could probably get a gig here sold out for you. But anyway. That would be marvellous. So then we started oh, our East Fife podcast. Thank you. Thank you. My, my PAs just brought me in some uh, crumble and custard. That's pretty exciting. Oh, nice. We, we need to get a PA, Lee. Where's uh, Rachel? Rhubarb crumble and custard. That you know, Yeah, that probably appeals to your... 70s nostalgia that that could i could play the rhubarb theme and do something like that because we also do a jam segment what's your favorite jam with the ivor cutler song jam i don't know if you've heard that right that 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 was like before we even did the, the chocolate digestive section what usually happens is i'm driving along i'm playing some obscure compilation album on cd a song pops up and i'm like oh that's a song about jam I should start asking people what their favourite jam, jam is. Right. Because no one does things like that. There's maybe a good reason why, why, why nobody that is. does. Yeah. yeah. There could could be reason why you don't see Sky Sports people doing these kind of interviews. And also maybe why Lee and me are not on Sky Sports. But then we started the East Five podcast this year. I threw this segment in the, the first episode without telling Lee. And then, <laughs> to be fair, some folk don't like it just like some folk don't like chocolate digesters, but I've persevered. I if I believe. think something's right, I keep going with it, despite yes. despite what folk may tell me. Right. Um, so now it's like we're going to do it that you're not an East Fife player unless you've answered this question. And it's one of those sections like that, that people do really actually like. And if there is like a week that we've not had it, they're like, why is there no well, chocolate <laughs> It's honestly the most random thing. Like I remember my boss texting me because he listened to the show and he was like, the chocolate digestive section is really weird. <laughs> and then after it, he's like, no, I actually quite like that now. It was after <laughs> uh, we had a player um, that played for us. He's actually a, a qualified doctor and he went over and played in America and stuff. And a lot of people listen to that one because he's really well known in football. And then after that, I think that we started to get like a sort of mini cult following. I don't think it's as big as Michael's and in, in, in across the pond, but we'll, we'll get it there. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I, I have people just... They're in supermarkets 
and they take a picture of digestives to find on the shelf and send me it. And I'm like, thanks for thinking of me. But is that not because they're they're not so they're not so ubiquitous in Canada? Yeah, yeah. And for me, it has to be McVitie's. Uh-huh, it can't be it can't be anything else. The some, there the are some group. generic homegrown ones over here in right. Canada that I'm appalled with because it has to be. I, I enjoyed your fact um, about the fact that digestives originally were digestives. Yes. Were kind of, yes, like medical aids to ease digestion, weren't they? Which is quite extraordinary. I, I've always been a bit obsessed with digestives. I, I don't know why. So that's yeah. my explanation. So our big burning question is, how the hell did you find out that we were using this song? <laughs> well, it's not a very exciting answer. Uh, I just got a, an email or a Facebook message from Caroline Richards, who is the woman that made the video for the song. In fact, made our both our videos. Um and she's uh, she's like a proper film editor person. She's done stuff with Julian Temple, um, and she's actually making a film about uh, Shane McGowan at the moment. Um, but for some reason, she uh, helped us out as well back in the day. And I think it was the video that made it. Anyway, she got in touch and said, "David, do you know these guys that uh, from East Fife? Like you're from near there? Are they your mates or something?" I'm like. What hey? like the East Fife Football Club? Do you know? And I, what, what are you talking about? So yeah, they do this. <laughs> they do this thing on their podcast about with your song. Like, what? And I said, yeah, look. And then he's <laughs> like, send me a link. Like, oh my goodness! This is... And and then she said, yeah. And it it seems to be about every week. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. What? Um. So yeah. And then um, I think. I think then I got in touch with one, one of one of you, and you replied, and and then said, um, and it's also, it's also, um, it, it, even more the case in Vancouver. Um, at which point I thought, you know, this is basically like searching for Sugar Man, isn't it? Is that I am? You could call it searching for Biscuit Man. <laughs> Here I am, languishing in obscurity in my in my hometown and yet like the other side of the world I'm like massive this is hilarious so <laughs> I love it thank you very much guys it's it really has made my uh my week well thank uh, you for not suing us for using your song we're even gonna we were gonna bring I'm out gonna count the royalties I'm gonna count the royalties that we've made from from people buying it since and then use that money to get a, a great lawyer. Yeah, I mean, that is only fair. Um, yeah. We were going to bring out T-shirts over here in Canada, but I'm quite lazy and I never ever got around to it. So if you want to bring out New Royal Family digestive T-shirts, we will plug those and you will Stranger sell. Stranger things have happened. I mean, we're, I mean, we're, we're technically split up. Uh, so that makes things a little awkward. And also the fact that nobody can really leave the house or do anything now. It's yeah, there is that. A little bit difficult. Um, and I've got I've got a, a, a three month old, beautiful baby daughter that's taking up a lot of my time, so activity will be slow. But who knows what might happen? We do. We're supposed to have a, a, a DVD compilation coming out actually, called um, "Everyone Wants to Shag the New Royal Family," um, but that's Caroline's making that, and she she's been promising us it for at least two years. I think probably <laughs> more than that. Um, but because she does basically does everything for us as a favour, we we get put behind people like Shane McGowan and mm. uh, Julian Temple when she's got stuff to do. So I guess that makes sense. To look forward to. 
for the but future. It's, ni- it's nice to know that we are connected with a band that work at the kind of pace that I work at. <laughs> I've taken four years to have an idea of my head of, oh, yeah, I should maybe do a T-shirt for that since it's popular. Whereas Lee, on our Glory Days of Gold podcast, he's brought out so much merchandise and stuff for us this year. And really? I'm just like, oh. Oh, what, what have you got? Have you got anything you can send me? Yes. I feel um, like I should I should wear wear something, a rosette. Definitely. What a de- or, or a, a scarf or something. A face mask, <laughs> if you'd like oh. to. <laughs> Even I don't have that. So yeah. it's like, it, it's a really neat, neat face mask. I, I had said we were probably going to talk for 15, 20 minutes, but I did say that I could talk to you for hours. And I know this is probably going to go into a long thing. There's going to be folk listening to this, Lee, that are like, I have no interest in this. This has nothing to do with football. Well, I'm really hoping that you can edit this quite viciously. And... Oh, I'm I'm putting it all out in full. Oh, goodness. That yeah, is no, what I, that's what I do I, with my interviews. I'd just like to apologise to your listeners. <laughs> What's going to be on our Christmas special? I'm assure you that normal service will be restored at well, some point. This is our first Glory Days of Gold Christmas special, and it's our seventh or eighth AFT and Soccer Show Christmas special. So they're always a bit weird. They usually feature Frank Sidebottom songs, who is another oh, wow. person that I've introduced to a number of people over here in Canada. Do you know Frank Sidebottom, actually, Lee? Guy with a big like head. Yeah, that right. one. Yes. <laughs> Difficult to miss. Yeah. yeah. There's a documentary on uh, about him on Sky at the moment. Um, oh, I got the DVD. I don't know if it's the same one. Being Frank. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah I bought the DVD but, of that. Bizarrely, I I kind of know his backing band, um, Paul Guided Missile and Rodri and that lot were his backing band. Um, ah. Like towards the end of his time on Earth. Like Guided Missile as in the record company. That's the one, yes. Oh. Yes. Oh, wow. Small world, wouldn't like to dust it. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, for, for just to let Lee know, like, there's also good football connections with Frank Sidebottom. He has a few football songs, which I haven't played in Wavelength, so I'll dig one of those out. But he also actually formed a football team, Temporally Big Shorts. You know, and he, I, did, he really did. Yes. <laughs> and I have, like, some Temporally Big Shorts merchandise. Oh wow! Um, some original from the actual football team. I've got a tracksuit from the actual football team, and then they've been bringing out for just his company a, a lot of Timberley Big Short stuff. So yeah, check that out. Anyway, let's get back to other stuff. So let's, the, let's talk about the video for Digestive. Oh, I, yes. Now I love it because I'm a big Adam and the Ants fan. You're clearly That's a big Adam and the Ants right. fan. Good. And there is so many Adam and the Ants references in that video that it's it's fantastic. Just tell us a little bit about the video, why you put those references in. Obviously, the band, New Royal Family, is named after a line from an Adam and the Ants song. So yeah, just tell us about your Adam partly, and the Ants fixation. It's partly it's partly named after that, but it's also, um, I'm a big fan of the Sex Pistols, obviously, and and more so Public Image Limited, really. And um, apparently one of the early names, some of the early names for the neural family, uh, for the public image were um, the carnivorous buttock flies, which I thought was a good name, and also the royal family. So I kind of thought the royal family, I'd always thought that was a good name. And then I thought, oh, new royal family, because that's like, it's not the same, but it's also like the Adamant song. So that, that's kind of where it came about. The reason for all the Adamant references is, is because originally I knew Caroline, who made the video, uh, via the Adamant fan community. She's a massive uh, Adamant fan and used to organise conventions 
and I'd been to a few of those and I kind of met her through that. So she, and, and that's kind of how she got into video editing. She used to do these collages of, of his videos and live footage to show at these conventions. Oh, cool. So I think, I, don't, I think uh, I knew her, I'd worked with her on, in, with various other bands that I was managing and stuff like that. And I kind of, I think I said, we're making a, we've got a band, would you like to make a video? And I think, the idea was just that we would we would just walk to uh, Buckingham Palace and then offer whoever was at the gate a chocolate digestive. That was kind of the idea. I thought, let's just do that. Just film it, see what happens. And then, of course, Caroline being Caroline, she came up with this really complicated storyline and <laughs> I call it all this, this, this idea with all these um, in-jokes in. And then I thought, oh, I love this idea of like having these ludicrously obscure adamant references that that... I mean, nobody's going to watch this in the first place, I thought. <laughs> so we might as well just go crazy and, and do all that stuff. So she did it, and it was great. And I think, um, yeah, there was we had a competition. I can't remember where it went, but we had a competition to see who could spot the most adamant references. And the great thing about that was that people wrote in with ones that we hadn't even spotted as well, you know, or ones that they imagined. So that's how that came about. And I, 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 it was quite early on in, in YouTube time, and, you know, it got it got 15,000 views or something back then, which for us was incredible. You know, I mean, I'd, uh, that seemed a lot. I mean, it's not massive when you consider what things get nowadays, but it was very exciting. So yeah, that's the end of that story. You need to check the analytics to see how many recent ones have been from Canada, actually. I'd be quite curious about that. Yeah, that's a good point. I've out a few times. Uh, also, I'm not even sure if it's on my YouTube page or who's... It's on the new... I'm pretty sure it's on the actual New Royal Family's right. YouTube page. I'm one of the, the few subscribers to, to right. that channel. Probably a little bit quiet of late. Mm. <laughs> and you, of course, you're, as we talked, you're wearing the hat that you wore in the video. Yes, I thought I'd just put that on to kind of like, uh, you know, ingratiate myself with the Scots. Yeah, that's a little Easter egg for everybody. I, did, I, did, I mean, I did, I, I, did, I did find out. I wore it in Kilburn when we played a gig there. And then I found out that apparently it's really unpopular with Irish people because oh. of uh, uh, some, <laughs> some British soldiers shooting oh. civilians. So, uh, yeah, yeah, don't wear it on any, I'm not any wearing it with any political agenda, I assure yeah. you. Well, that's good. Well, that kind of feels uh, as good a time as any to take a little break. And we'll be back talking more music with David and a lot more and finding out his answers to our section after this. This is Atiba Hutchinson and you're listening to the AFTN show. Star with the Royal Beauty Bride. 
up the hi-fi, switch up the TV, let's all sing the Christmas medley now. Oh, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. Going through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh, shouting. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show Christmas Special on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And we can't have a Christmas special without playing a Christmas song from favourite here at AFTN, Frank Sidebottom. That was a song we've played a number of times over the years on the show. That is his Christmas medley, which you can find on his 2010 Fantastic Showbiz box set and was originally released on his Christmas is Really Fantastic EP way back in the 80s. Hope you enjoyed that one again. We're going to get back now to the second half of our chat with David Barnett, lead singer of The New Royal Family and writer of Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive. Going to be talking a lot more music, so let's just get into that right now. I want to talk about the other video then, because you mentioned there was the two videos, because there's the new Royal Family Rules Okay. Now, I, well, first of all, I love that song, but I particularly love the video because that is just like my childhood captured in a little snapshot. I talked about that on the show. I think think the the video is much better than the song. The song didn't quite, it was a bit of a kitchen sink thing. It was, that was originally a song called, a song called Rules, that I always quite liked. It was a, an old song from the 80s as well. And I felt like, oh, I kind of want to make, make, because anyone fancy a chocolate digestive had been an, a, a, a theme song, I thought, oh, we, we kind of need our own one. <laughs> so, um, so I thought we could, I could change this to from rules to rules okay, and you're from the rules okay. So that's how that came about. But yeah, the, the video was Caroline's idea. And again, it was, it was superb, I think. Really, really good. Lee, you need to just watch that video. I said this to my wife as well, and then you'll just understand what I'm about and basically what my childhood is about. I don't think I want that level of insight into your childhood. This was like when I made my wife watch Bod and Finger Bobs yeah. um, to try and get her to understand what how I grew up and was shaped. And then I think she was quite traumatized after right. particularly Finger Bobs. But then that's yeah. a that's a whole he other was thing. a bit like a sort of Rasputin type character, wasn't he? That guy. Yeah, he was just very weird. That that was the time where there was like lots of creepy TV children. It was kind presenters. of obligatory in the seventies, wasn't it? Yes, I I joke on our show over here a lot that so much of my childhood are now in prison. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move anyway. on to, to nicer things. Next. I won't keep you for too much longer. Now, I do want to talk, though, about another musical love of yours, which is Swede, 
because I know you've written a book about them. You're a biographer of the band. You've written some sleeve notes for them. And you used to do a, a fanzine back in the day, suave and elegant. So, I mean, just tell us about your love of the band. Are you still a big fan of them? Are you still, do you still listen to them? I like their early stuff. And then I kind of haven't listened to them actually for a few years, aside from their first album, which is on regular play still with me. Yeah, well, you've done your homework. Uh, well done. Slightly creepy. <laughs> That's me. Uh, Swed, <laughs> as they're known in Scotland, of course. Um, yeah, I saw them on the telly and I thought they were great. I think because they reminded me of Adam Ant, it all comes back to him. Because mm. um, the Drowner sort of starts with that tribal tom-tom ripple, which we ripped off on the new Royal Family Rules OK, of course. Um and I, I started a fanzine. I'd done a lot of fanzines. I was actually, weirdly, I was kind of inspired. I, the, one of the women in the commando office where I worked in DC Thompson, her son was involved in the Dundee United fanzine, which was Final Hurdle. Final Hurdle, yeah. Yeah. And even though I know nothing about football, I, I liked the fact that it was really funny. Even though I didn't know what they were talking about, it was still amusing. And I thought, this is quite, this is quite good. And it was so detailed as well. It was like much better than any music fanzine I'd done. So that was kind of partly the inspiration of that. I want to do one that's like really incredibly detailed and also like very irreverent. Because I think that's, the, I think, you know, that I'm, I'm sure, you know, with no disrespect to either team, I think, you know, liking something that, that is occasionally not the best in its field is, is, is kind of quite fun in its own right rewarding you know that's why we're so, um, and pointing out the flaws and things is kind of like a big part of the fun isn't it like i mean if you if you if, if they're always winning it's no fun and it's the same i kind of found that a bit with suede i liked it when they were struggling and they kind of got written off and like oh berners left they're never they're rubbish now oasis and blur are much better and all this kind of stuff i kind of really liked that period um so yeah i wrote this fanzine and the band i got to read it and liked it and I kind of started doing occasional bits and bobs for them and eventually went to work in their management office in London for nearly 10 years. Oh wow. So that was nice and then after that I kind of started, they, they split up and I, the band The Boyfriends that I possibly mentioned, they started to do quite well so I went off and did my own musical things for a bit. And uh, yeah, I still really like Suede. I go and see them uh, live when they play and uh, they say hello still, which is nice. And oh, one thing that's interesting that I do is um, a thing called Suede Walks, which like most of my inventions oh. is kind of a joke that got out of control. And is now a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So I think that's what we have in common here. Um, I, I, I really, I, I was uh doing a because i was in bands i was doing a night shift job so i had a load of um free time and not much money so what can you do with free time and not much money go for walks so i was doing all these walks and i thought you know you get these guided walk those free walks about charles dickens and you know mm -hmm. jack the ripper and all this kind of stuff and i thought what do i know about that i could do a walk about and like, i wonder if i could do like a suede walk that'd be funny you know and then i kind of looked like they did a video there and they played this place here and like the one of them used to live there and i kind of did this route and then you know said hey i'm doing the first suede walk <laughs> and some people came you know and wow they came and i did that and then it kind of exploded and now now that they're back and because of 
you know, the internet's got much more power than it did back then. Um, when Suede play and are in town, I can sometimes have like 30 odd people will come on these walks. And I'm kind of like this pied piper of fae indie done wandering around these really dodgy council estates, <laughs> hoping we don't get, hoping we don't get me. You know, it's funny. Like, I mean, that's one of the things I always think is hilarious. It's like if Brett actually minced along a like, you know, council <laughs> like lock like that um, in a leather jacket showing his midriff, he, he wouldn't last five seconds. So yeah, hilarious. I saw them a lot in their early days, especially when they played a lot of the small venues up, up here in Scotland. Well, I say up here in Scotland. I'm not in Scotland. Did you, but... Were you at the venue when they played there? Oh, possibly. I, I definitely remember seeing them in Glasgow, uh, some venue that's knocked down now. Yeah. Was it, was it Plaza? At Plaza. That was it. I, I was saw that loads one, yeah. of bands there. I, the big... I didn't think they were very good. That was funny. I didn't really enjoy it. So th- there's no right answer to these oh. next two questions I'm going to ask right. you. Right, yes, now you say that. But, um, well, this <clears> isn't <throat> chocolate digestive stuff, but... Oh, good. Th- this is just st- still music. We're, God, we're, not late. we're not even there yet. No, we're we? nearly there. <laughs> Leo will be glad to know that. We're nearly there. On, on, behalf, of, on behalf of the <laughs> listening paper, I'm really sorry. <laughs> this might get edited for I, the East really Show. It's just listening, because it's, it's totally different, because normally we just talk about football, but this has just been complete nonsense. So I must just, say, I have, I've been listening. I've been listening to your podcast, and I really like it because I don't know what's going on at all. And then occasionally, very occasionally, there'll be a bit of music. Like, oh, this is a great song! And then, and then, very occasionally, there'll be me. And then, <laughs> it's like really, it's so bizarre. But it's quite comforting just having like two kind of Scottish guys talking shite in the background while I'm trying to work. You know, yeah, it's quite nice, like being in an office. Yeah, I've made a career <laughs> of it over here. It's, like, you're good it's, at it's, it's just like being in an office because everybody else is talking about football and I've no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the two music questions and then we'll, right. we'll probably wrap up after Shooting this. Up. So, <laughs> favourite Suede song? I, I really like... Um, I, I The only reason that I know my answer to this is because I was uh, rather um, arrogantly listening to an interview <laughs> I did with the Suede, <laughs> a Suede podcast. <laughs> And on that, I said my favorite, my favorite Swede song was "The Two of Us," which is oh, on Dogma okay. Star. Yeah, mine um, is. I really the like next that life. The I next love life. The next life. Yeah, good song. Very haunting. That first album is like a masterpiece to, to me. It's just that's that. Many people agree would agree with you there. Yeah, uh, favorite Adam and the Ants song. Uh, it's probably "Press Darlings" because that's the one that sounds like the Drowners. But I also really like Ligatage, and I really like Picasso Visita El Planeta de los Simios. Oh, interesting. Well. Some nice obscure ones. I, I love their early, like Dirk Wears White Socks era stuff. Yeah. I, I love I mean, that's t- In fact, there is a, there's a kind of neural family, weirdly, there's a neural family spin-off band called the Famous Cox, who do early Adamant songs. Oh. At these ants conventions through through the video person Caroline, so we played some of them. So we've done all the you know things like beat my guest and uh, you know bathroom function and all those ones. Um, we played a lot of them Xerox and all that. Superb! Like they, but Cox were the first band I ever got into, and yes. then it was Adam and the band. Ants. Right. I, I just remember going. Yeah, to- you're slightly, you're, are you slightly older than me? Yeah, I'm born '68. Right. Yeah. So you. So so yeah. Because I I was just just too old to really 
get punk, but I was exactly the right age to get Adam and Ants when they kind of sold out and <laughs> became, became yes. successful. Yeah, because yeah, I hadn't heard Dirk Wears White Socks until after I got Kings of the Wild Frontier. Yeah. Like, oh, there's well, another album. And it's like, oh, this is really different, but it's really Yeah, when I was little, really like, I really, it took me a long time to get it. And obviously now I think it's pro- probably much better than Kings of the Wild Frontier, although I'm quite fond of that still as well. I remember... I remember bringing, like, on our last day of term at school, I don't know if they still do this or not, Lee, but uh, we used to get to bring in records. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, you wouldn't be doing that nowadays, but you got to bring in records to play. And... Well, maybe. What is the strange antique from the from the yes. <laughs> Um So the girls were bringing in, like, their ABBA records and stuff like that. So I brought in Dirk Wears White Socks. Right. And the, remember... the one about, the, about God's Knob? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I remember that our music teacher took it out and was reading the sleeve notes mm-hmm. and she was like, well, I don't think I can play the A side or the B side that has like uh, the size of God's knob. So then she played the other one that's got like Catholic Day and stuff on it and like really... About JFK getting his brains blown out. Yeah, yeah. and I was yeah. like, oh, I don't think you've picked the, the best side to even be possibly playing there. <laughs> Yeah, something like Aqua when I was at school that the girls would play, so a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> Barbie I th- girl. I, although I do remember um, one of the guys bringing in Papa Roach uh, last oh. resort, and I think we got into maybe the first forty-five seconds, and it was like an old record player. It was like straight off. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Not going to be playing that. I think I actually tried to um, play Rolling um, by Limp Biscuit, and I think that that got uh, swiftly taken off as well. I managed a band briefly for a, a while called Angels of Lust from Fife. My good right, friend wow. Danny Holland brought out a, a band. He'd been in a number of bands, and I went under the name Mike Raven because it sounded right. like my craving. Yeah, so good. We, we did nothing. But... <laughs> <laughs> But I did hey. get to sing once on, on stage did, with one of You did something, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's always, you're obviously, it's great to, to just do stuff. Do any, you know, stuff and you never know what's going to happen with it. And, and, yeah. And often, often the stuff you worry about the least and just do for a laugh. In yeah. my In my experience, you, you know, it ends up being a, a thing. Like that Suede Walks thing that was a joke. One of Brett's last interviews that was in the Times he mentioned the walks. He said, you know, he's, he's, he's now part of Heritage. There is a regular fan club uh, troupe of fans that kind of like like scurry past his house on a, on a tour. And I'm like, that's oh, fantastic. that's me, that is. <laughs> well, like, talking of Heritage, you're, you're now embedded in East Fife and Vancouver Whitecaps Heritage, somewhat bizarrely for a guy that doesn't like football. You've never even been to Glebe Park to see I, the I, hedge? I, I, uh, no, I've been to I've been to two football matches in my life, um, and the most recent one was Cows Sports, who are the Isle of Wight football oh. team. And to be honest, I can't remember even who they played, but I think they lost. But a small link is um, I think you mentioned Goldie Luke and Chain, and the mm. guy I went with used to be their manager. So once again, a small world. Yes, I... uh, that was that was a few years ago. The only other football match I saw, which is a bit more exciting um, for you guys, I think, was in uh, about 1978, uh, maybe possibly 79. Um, I just moved to Freakham from Forfar, 
Um, and my friend David Gregg uh, was a ball boy at Forfar Athletics football ground. And at that point, because I was eight years old or whatever, obviously not liking football was akin to, you know, I don't know, uh, something something that we we would have used to call sissy. Um, <laughs> so obviously I had to pretend to like football. And my team, purely because I like the colour red, was Aberdeen. So my friend Greg said, hey, David, you're never going to believe it, but I, I can get you into this match. It's Aberdeen Reserves against uh, Forfar Athletic. <laughs> so I, I got to go and watch this match. And I think, I think um, the exciting thing perhaps for you guys is that at that point, there were a couple of people that even I'd heard of in Aberdeen playing because, I, I, you know, you got the cards and there was this kind of like yes. the top 11 and then the kind of dregs that are also like on the benches just in case. And I think there was Drew Jarvie that, and also Steve Archibald. I may be wrong, but I believe Steve Archibald was East Fife's manager at one point, He right? was. He yeah. was. You've, you've done your research, David. Amazing. Well, I, this is not even research. What happened was when I posted this on my social media platforms, uh, everybody went, bloody hell, that's ridiculous. And But a couple of people <laughs> went, oh, I really like East Fife. Do <laughs> and one guy said, do you know the story about uh, Steve Archibald? But apparently uh, the story was that he was like, sitting outside the ground or something in his car and somebody got in thinking he was in taxi. <laughs> Didn't recognise us. So, yeah. Mm. We um, could try to get him on the show, but he keeps dinging us on Twitter. Uh, so, we'll, we'll get over him. himself. Should yeah. Go. That's fantastic. I saw some of, some of the replies to your, your post on Twitter and one person was like, when's your bit on the show? I've been, I've been listening to it. Seems to be an awful lot of football stuff, which is understandable, <laughs> really. Well, if they listen to this episode, they won't need to worry about that, eh? No, that's what Christmas specials are all about. A little bit of fun. So let's wrap things up now by doing the, the big question. We have to end with this because... I feel got... this is going to be a terrific anticlimax after oh, all, all that excitement. Very probably. So <laughs> let, let's do it properly and let's cue, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to find out if David Barnett likes or fancies a chocolate digestive. So David, you're sitting at home and you decide you fancy a hot beverage. Mm. What would be your hot beverage of choice? A tea, a coffee, a hot chocolate or something else? Well, th that's a difficult question to answer because it's very much a, it depends and it depends on the time. Uh, I tend to have coffee in the morning, uh, tea like it, during the middle of the day. And then in the evening, I might rarely have hot chocolate, to be honest. I'm more likely to have a sleepy herbal tea, something like that. However, at this time of year, and because it's your Christmas special, my favourite drink just now, a hot drink, um, and it's great because one of the good things about Christmas is it's fine, is uh, a Christmas coffee, which, of course, is coffee with uh, uh, an Irish liqueur drink, oh. of which there are several brands available, I believe. But, uh, yeah. Christmas coffee, Christmas milk, we call it, although apparently that's rude for something else as well. So that's what I, that's my drink of choice at the moment. Well, because I can get, I can get away, it's, I can get away with drinking booze during the day without, um, without anyone knowing. My other half telling me off for being drunk in charge of a small baby. 
that is the best coffee to, to have. I, I do have to say I do I don't drink much these days, but that is one of my favorite tipples. I, I do like that. So this might be a, an obvious question, but do you have a sweet tooth? <laughs> um I, I actually prefer savoury foods, which might be hard to believe considering I've got a bowl of apple crumble and uh, custard in front of me. Anyone fancy a cheese straw does not work the same yeah. kind of... Well, this is because of the great misunderstanding that the song is about chocolate biscuits, you know, and it's actually about a band. But I don't want to spoil the, spoil the illusion for, for, for all the, the fans out there. Oh no, I, course, I've been once, telling once, folk it's about Once you sex. give birth to a song, it no longer belongs to the artist, it belongs to the listener, and they're free to interpret it however they wish. Yeah, I, I may just have bastardised your song then. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it does make a lot more sense. To be perfectly honest, we actually were really hoping McVitie's would give us a sponsorship deal. However, yeah, I've been hoping for that for four years as well. <laughs> however, I think, I think this, what has actually happened, trumps that massively because we don't want to be corporate sellouts. Well, you are, you are now known if you're as, listening, we can negotiate. You're uh, now known as the digestive guy. I don't know how that makes you feel. That that was how Lee referred to you. It's like, oh, uh, 7.30 for the digestive guy? It's like, yep. I mean, <laughs> I've been called a lot worse in my time. Let's put it that way. So what, what is your biscuit of choice then? Let's get to that. I it, it, Biscuit of choice, probably uh, some shorty. Shortbread. Does that count as a biscuit? It's kind it of does. Biscuit. It does. And are I you really a dunker? Like mm, not anymore, really. I used to. I used to be. I think I failed the test. And I haven't. I any. think you have. It's like I'm we've got sorry. the man that wrote. Anyone fancies a chocolate digestive? A. Not only does he not fancy a chocolate digestive. Well, not right now. It's B. It's, it's not even about chocolate digestives. <laughs> and C. He doesn't dunk. I don't know even, I, I, this interview can't go out. I'm sorry. That's just an hour in the can. All you're going to see now is Michael McCall left the chat. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast won't go out. Oh. You, know, you know what they say, guys, never meet your heroes. You know, this is what happened. This is a bigger anticlimax than the 2016 <laughs> Canadian Championship final when the White I mean, Caps gave up a 96 minute ending. goal. We could record an alternative ending, couldn't we? Like they do for movies. Oh, well, we, we, we don't want to do that. We want to, and we then, want to keep and then, you true. And then you, could, you could use one on one of your podcasts and then the other one on the other one. <laughs> that would so, be hilarious. <laughs> so, to answer I, your questions, in, respectively, it's tea, obviously chocolate digestives, and a, yes, I do dunk. Oh, yeah. fantastic. That's well done, David. Better. Thank you so Thanks much. <laughs> I, the, our, our AFT and soccer show, I've got two co-hosts in that, and one of them is actually a youth pastor. And he was like, what, what does that mean? What, like a sort of vicar like type? Church, yeah, yeah, churchy pastor right. guy. Um, and not not um, Italian wheat foods. No, right. no, 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 not pasta. Don't you right. get confused with my accent. I've got enough of that over here, <laughs> for God's sake. So we, we, we played um, this, this song when you were Artist of the Month in December, and I believe you've listened to this episode, so you might know this, but... And then he was like, I, so what, why Why is it suggestive? I don't understand that. And it's like, <laughs> anal sex. He's talking about anal sex, Zach. And it's like, really? And he still messages me. And it's like, I can't listen to that song the same way anymore. <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I mean, at least, you know, my I may have bastardized that version of the song as well. I don't know. 
Well, I think what this shows is that, you know, it's it's multi-layered. Yeah. <laughs> on the surface, it may seem like a stupid song about Biscuit, but, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. So, Well, yeah, I mean, the fact it's also really big on our BDSM podcast uh, that we do, <laughs> our After Dark edition, is, I mean, that's, that, that was a whole right. other thing. Going around fetish conventions, asking people what their favourite biscuit is. <laughs> you know what, you're not, it's the, 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 there has been a similar interpretation to the one that I'm not going to repeat that you just mentioned um, <laughs> by uh, somebody. It's actually, on, I think it's on the sleeve of the record, which it's in the post on its way, winging its way to you guys now. It'll take me um, a month or so to get it because um, Canada Post just now is atrocious. Yeah, I believe it was Bid, Bid from the monochrome set um, does a kind of Freudian interpretation of what fancying a chocolate digestive means. Oh, interesting. So, I, I think we should end it on that note. It's been an absolute pleasure to you, chatting to you, David. I I really could chat to you for hours because I think we've got a very lot in common, <laughs> musical tastes and just everything. So we should just get on for a chat one night. That that would be fantastic. That would be lovely, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I'd enjoy that. Yeah, I don't get out much these days, so yeah. Well, um, we'll, we'll sort that out. Also, we have to get you to, to play a gig at Bayview Stadium. When you, you do reform arrange, on the if pitch, you can arrange flights, return flights, accommodation, backline, and uh, visas. We're we're there, you know. I mean, I, maybe the maybe the uh, how how are the the white caps doing? Maybe well, the white caps few, are terrible. Throw in a few dollars. I, I'll tell you how terrible the white caps are. East Fife are doing better than them. Oh dear. that's how bad the white caps I mean, are. I, I had a look, and I, I, as what I could see was they were they were near the bottom of the hit parade charts. What do you call it, league? Yes, thing. <laughs> the, hit, the hit parade. Yeah, actually, East Fife's pretty down in the hit parade just now. That's as what, well. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, they were they were uh, they were second from the bottom, weren't they? Oh, well, we're we're climbing. We're going to get oh, to really? number one. Oh, I, oh, sorry, I'm behind the times. Well, Probably, hopefully, by the time this goes out, they'll be be back to the top of the pops or whatever the football. Of well, course, you are you are in a band with Keith Top of the Pops. Uh, that ties things in nicely as well. Yes, Keith Top of the Pops. Um, his he's just released um, a compilation of all his Christmas songs, all covers of Christmas songs. Oh, and, uh, I play guitar on some of those. I think. And well, that is fantastic because we play Christmas songs on well, our got, Christmas oh, special. You check that out. There's some good ones. There's he does Lonely This Christmas. Uh, one about wanting a hippopotamus for Christmas. Oh, superb. Um, that one about the spaceman travelling. They're great. They're really good. They're fun. I mean, possibly a few too many guitars because, as you probably know, Keith's got a lot of friends. They all play instruments and he's he, he's very inclusive. So he likes to get everybody involved and sometimes that can be... Well, that's fantastic. Quite, now, this is quite... the first year that our AFTN Christmas special... The last three years, I was going to say that the, the radio station let us do this. They didn't actually know that we were doing this the first two years. The, the advantage <laughs> of our show is it goes out on a Sunday live at 11 p.m. Right. And there's nobody on after us. Right. So if, you can go on as long as you like. Is that yeah, what Thank you so much for, for joining us. Do you want to Thank plug you both. It's, it's been a real joy. And uh, thank you to all the listeners out there for enduring uh, this and for listening to my silly song and making an old man very happy. Well, do you want to plug really anything happy. before you go? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want I to mean, tell anyone where they can find you on I, I, think, I think you can't buy any of my records. 
anymore. They've all sold out or, um, and you can't buy my book. The publishers refuse to reprint it. Okay. Whatever. Oh, I tell you what, um, a band I'm in Luxembourg, they have a new occasion. They have a new single coming out in the new year. So look out for that. It's called 45. And I imagine that's something to do with 45 revs per minute, or it might be about the 45th president of the USA. Oh. But you'll have to give it a listen to yourself. So that's out in January. I'll probably turn it into Luxembourg, some segment. 45, out in January. Um, I'm not actually on it, but um, oh. they're, they're good lads. <laughs> they're good lads. So there's a plug for somebody else, giving a bit back to the, to the, the, the uh, community there. You need to speak to your friend and, and find out how she heard about the podcast, because I would love to know how this has all come about, like how, how, how she managed to hear it, because that's random in itself. She, I think she Googled it. I think she was just, I think she, ah. was just, she just Googled it looking for the video. She just put in anyone fancy a chocolate digestive, you know, <laughs> you know, I don't know, something like that. To, to, that would make sense. I'm surprised and, that his wife one came up came before up. the other one. That's and then, really weird. Yeah, it came up and she's like, what the hell is this all about? Amazing. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's a miracle, isn't it? Good old technology. And, and the fact it's quite bizarre to think it, it's it's made this journey from Brecon High School down to London, up to East Fife and Vancouver, over a, you know thirty five years or something. Crazy. Got there in the end, eh? Yeah, it's <laughs> tremendous. I've really enjoyed chatting to you tonight, David. Uh, night, night. night. <laughs> Cheers, David. Oh. Bye. Another place, another time The old was a cult and legend No need to know how long to wait for Only to know that there'd be a new hope Whoa The guardians were driven to Tahas Men appeared with evil malice Those who did destroy the Jahas But the season of encounter Brought another hope to us All the former non-believers Soon believed when they saw the new hope Whoa Ah, new hope Whoa All around me Remember when you are down And you hope will always appear To remove that Christmas brand And you hope Whoa And you hope Whoa Mary had an accident It was a long, long time ago And who the father was We'll never know
thank you so much to David for the chat there. Hope you enjoyed it. I know it wasn't anything to do with football, but I'm sure you kind of get used to all our non-football stuff that we do on the show. And it is Christmas, and that is what our Christmas specials are all about. But I really enjoyed chatting to him. And we rounded off our chat there by playing the new Royal Family's Christmas song, Thank Christ It's Christmas, A New Hope. Played that on last year's show as well, so hope you enjoyed that one. We're going to bring you the single he mentioned there from Luxembourg next year. It gets released in early January, so we'll give that a spin. I've heard it, really like it. 45, watch out for that. And of course, check out all the new Royal Family stuff. I'm pretty sure you can actually still find their stuff all on iTunes to buy. So if you can, support David. But you can also check out the videos on YouTube. Just search for Anyone Fancy a Chocolate Digestive or The New Royal Family Rules OK. I'll tweet links out to, to those as well. But you'll be glad to know we're going to get back chatting football next and having a look at some of the stuff closer to home here in Canada. And we'll be doing that after this. How's it going, guys? I'm Ben Fisk. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the final part of the AFTN Soccer Show 2020 Christmas Special. We're fast approaching the new year. Out with the old, in with the new. That's the mantra everyone likes to adopt. And we're already kind of seeing that happening with a a couple of football clubs who are going to be having some new identities in 2021. We'll have a chat about the Montreal Impact later on, but we're going to kick things off in this part by looking at the rebranding of Canadian Premier League club York 9 FC, who are now York United Football Club. The new identity was announced in the middle of December. There's a new name, a new crest, a new strip, and some more new stuff to come. We'll delve into... Just our thoughts on that new look, a new name, a new identity in a couple of minutes. But first of all, I just want to play a little bit of audio from the press conference that York United's managing consultant Angus McNabb had with a few members of the media. So I'm going to play you just a couple of questions from it, a couple from myself and then one from Marty Thompson from the CPL website. Just looking at, at why do it now, what's behind it. And why go with the, the more generic York United? Uh, just a, a couple of things for you, Angus. I, what is the driving force behind the name change? I, I mean, York 9, for me, I never was a particular fan of it anyway, but what was it that kind of drove you to decide to do this now and you spoke about having the kind of ability now to do more with this name what did you mean by that exactly yeah i think um the ability now to well well, let's go back to the beginning sorry um michael so how did we come about with this so as i said before we set out this mission vision set of core values that is our north star when things get tough and when we have to make hard decisions for the future growth of this football club, as we started to explore things and, and look at it all, it became clear that, that we were limited by some things in the identity and the constructs, um, as it had been put there. And we're about moving forward. And I think 
one of the great things with this league and, and actually all of our partners around the table, at clubs around the country, is we are all so passionate and driven to make this succeed. And yes, it's a very, very sort of bold action to take, um, but it's what we feel is the right one to, to drive us forward. And in terms of uh, the, the flexibility and what this allows us to do, um, but there's a straightforward geographic piece in that the identity of the club previously was uh, rooted very solidly in York region. Um, but when we actually look at the cold hard data, I think it's about 52, 53% of season seat members were actually within the GTA. So there were some of these things that were not massively, I don't want to say they weren't thought through, but when we explored it and we looked at it deeper, um, they just did not make sense. Um, when we looked at the map and we looked at the way things were drawn up, um, there were places that bore York that we did in, our, in their name um, and they weren't supposedly encapsulated in the naming convention. The nine was seen as exclusive to some and for the region, but we truly are united. This is for everyone. We're about growing this and making it bigger, better. Um, and we want to be the sort of premier franchise within the Canadian Premier League. Uh, we want to be that perennial challenger for titles. Um, and we want that for our fan base. And in addition to that, we also want to grow things off the field. And it was just now a unique time, a unique circumstance and the right and bold thing to do um, and to be fearless, as our values tell us to be, um, to sort of focus on making, making memories for the future and uh, really, really drive to dream bigger. The strip that was revealed today, I love that. The, the green and blue, it feels like it shouldn't go with gold, but it, it just pops the, the gold on it. As for the name, though, well, I guess, first of all, as a Dundee fan, it must be tough for you being involved with a team called United. But, like, in general, why did you go for the more kind of generic United that you find in so many clubs uh, around the world and not for something more unique or not just plain York FC? Yeah, so, I mean, you nailed it there. I'm a Dundee and Arsenal fan, so United in a name in terms of isn't something that would come naturally to me. By, by any stretch. Um, but quite frankly, it's, it's, not about, it's about the message and unity and what that means right now. And to be united means to come together for something. Um, and, and this is unity. And we look at the crest inspiration, that shield shape and where it's come from in the Queen's York Rangers. That's sort of the uniting, the unity of sort of uh, what we have in uh, Aurora, uh, and what we have downtown with Fort York as well. Um, so there are lots and lots of things that pointed us to this. It was not a, okay, slap a name on it position. This is something that we have the courage of our convictions and we are about building community. The start of the presentation, the start of the brand, you saw Mike Baldazara, uh, our chairman speak there, and they are builders. We are here. We are building something as well. And being united is something that matters to us, bringing people in together and celebrating this. And I've said this to a couple of people, we're an open club. Like we want you all in. We want everyone to unite for this common goal. Um, and that's supporting us, supporting the Canadian Premier League and supporting the future of soccer in this country. Uh, maybe I'll play devil's advocate for a moment because a lot of people will look at this and say, 
hey, York Nine's only been around for two years, and now you're you're sort of switching over. So maybe the question is was was there any was there any sort of doubt in your mind or, or any sort of hesitation to to make a change this quick? Um, I think there's there's always going to be um, a bit of a balanced scorecard, and is this the right move for us? Um, I think we removed all doubt as we went through the process and we saw what this could be. Um, we the doubt or any reservation that creeps in is the fact that we have a deep care and love for our fan base. And there are people who were attached to things that, that sat there. Um, we hope that they're still with us. We hope that they're behind us. Um, we hope that they believe in the message of this being bigger and growing it. Um, so yes, you have these doubts, you have these things, but again, when times are tough, we refer back to what is our absolute gold standard and set of rules, the, the mission, the vision and the values. So if we're going to have to encourage, we're going to try and encourage Canadians to dream bigger. We have to dream bigger ourselves. And so that comes with the values. Are we fearless? We need to be, we need to progress and move forward. And, and that's where we've taken this decision. So Angus McNabb there, just talking about the the change for York 9. They are York 9 no more. They've gone the way of Yorkie, up to the great planetary whatever in the sky, never to be seen on or heard of again until they're maybe bought over by Borussia Dortmund and then it'll be York 9, but spelled N-E-I-N maybe this time. <laughs> we'll kind of see how that goes. So but we'll have a quick chat about that because, of course, York's not the only... Canadian club that looks like they're going to be changing their name. But I mean, what did you think of it, Zach? I didn't like the York 9 name to start with, but I quite like the redesigned crest. Don't like the crown, obviously. Um, I love the the away kit that they brought out, though. I thought that was very smart. Uh, I, I Okay, so like we were talking about on our own there, like I, I, I went to middle school and high school and lived in York, York region for a I don't know, at least six years, six formative years of my life. My parents uh, and you're German, so you like nine. My parents, uh, my mom and my stepdad still live there. My sister uh, just moved back uh, up, up north from the city of Toronto uh, to to live also in York Region. I, I, like, I get how the, is it near Thunder Bay? No, okay. I get how the uh, or Morocco. I get how the the, the people <laughs> who came up with the idea. Uh, we're going for something creative and something unique, and I think they achieved that. And I, and I honestly, I don't think the name and and the the crest and stuff was was all that was all that concerning or that bad. I really liked uh, their what uh, their their kits. I think their kits were 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 good. Even even the map one, which I can understand why people wouldn't like that. Like that didn't bug me that, that as much as it did other people. Do you like the new one though? Because like blue green with yellow trim feels like it shouldn't go. But I actually think it looks really smart. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It, it's fine. Like I don't like hate it, but the the crest. I don't like the crest that that much, to be honest. Nah. I um, I don't like that kind of baseball style font where you've got the yeah. letters and because Houston Dynamo's done it as well yes. with their HD, which yeah. I've pointed out to several people, but nobody cares. It's basically just ripped off Dulwich Hamlet's crest, which is the DH as well. So it looks identical to that to me. But here's the thing: like they, 
we, we've talked a lot over the years about having an identity as a football club is really, really important. And that should be something that is both about who you are on the pitch and off the pitch. And I like, I, I, I still think that York nine under the York nine banner, they should have done more. And obviously I don't, you know, I, I'm not as close to everything they were doing on the ground. Uh, and especially in the first year, obviously, but <clears throat> Um, I, I think they should have gone the route of, of kind of what Pacific did, right? Pacific has gone, and whether you want to say it's, it's been totally effective or not, um, sorry about that, um, whether, whether you think it's totally effective or not, they went this route of saying, hey, uh, we want to make sure we're for this, we're in this, we're in this one area that kind of everyone knows, but we're really about this whole community, this whole place. So they, they went with like their, their, their hashtag, their motto, whatever was trying to embrace the whole community, right? It was like like for the aisle, for the for the aisle, right? That's their thing. Now I know some people don't like that because that's calling Vancouver Isle is for some I, some people told me that they hate that, whatever, whatever. But at least the idea was, hey, we're gonna bring together the whole island to try and support this team and make it like everyone's a part of it. And I feel like again, from a distance, I feel like York Nine didn't embrace that ethos enough. And I know there's some voices I've heard from people said they should have focused on the bigger, uh, the bit, probably the big three of the of the nine places like uh, Richmond Hill and Vaughn and Markham, and focus on those municipalities because that's where the most people are, where you know they're closer to to Toronto and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> uh, and 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 Vaughn especially has uh, is known as a football community and whatever. There's football all throughout the region, but. Um, but yeah, I really think they should have went more for this, not calling themselves United, but having United as like their, what 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 was their identity? What like brought them together? So even if they were called York Nine and their hashtag was United for the region or United for York, yeah. or something else like that, that would have made like that's something I think they should have pursued pursued more. And I don't know how much, I don't know how much the the people who were uh, influencing or bringing forward the ideas are behind the original name and crest and logo and ethos and all that uh we're pushing for that kind of 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 messaging if you will mm. um but and maybe they were maybe they weren't and, and maybe they did try that and I'm, I'm misunderstanding things or i don't i don't have the full picture but i think that would have been a better route and i think staying the course would have been a better route because here's the, here's the other thing why do you do a rebrand why do you change a logo why do you do all this stuff you do this so you can get people in the stadium and we don't know if they're going to be able to get people yeah. in the stadium. So but why? It's also it? more marketable as well. Uh, I, I mean, that, that, the thing, Steve, we go in the name York United. You're a yeah. United fan, obviously. But, I mean, it's it's a name that's just so commonplace where I, I didn't like York 9, but you don't. I mean, there, there's a lot of German clubs that's got numbers in their name. Yeah. Schalke 04. Like, even over here, you've got Vancouver Whitecaps nil. <laughs> and it's. You've got some clubs that's got that kind of unique kind of side to them, but I mean York United just already feels a bit like. Uh. Yeah, they should have gone the other way. They should have gone the first letter of each of the regions and put, arranged it and put York, you know, all the first letters, like uh, if Richmond Hill, uh, York RV, whatever, and go on and like and just have a whole long name in there. That would have been unique. Uh, no, had a countdown round with trying to see what we could make from it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, the I think the um, I can understand where they're coming from because the people probably don't get what York Nine means, and I understand that it would probably have been a better idea 
maybe I think they should have done the other way where they had a regular name and then they brought the uh that you know that side model as the nine. Like you know how they do uh uh maybe been York FC and then that's the thing is unite the nine. That would have been ideal or something like that. Mm, that that would have been good. That, that's this, not a bad show either, Steve. So yeah. they, so because then that way they would have had that uh, in, I don't know if you want to call it inside joke, but inside kind of thing for everybody that knows what that means, and they have the regular name for as the so that's that's where I think they should have done it. They should have got a normal name and then have a special motto uh, that included the nine, and that way people got into that. Of course, they're not going to probably be the only Canadian team with a new name next next year. Montreal Impact, all but confirmed, they're changing their name. They're definitely rebranding. They didn't say 100% it was the name but the expectation is as talked about in last week's show that they're going to drop the impact and just become plain old Montreal FC. Thoughts on that one Zach as a guy that goes way back with the Whitecaps and the history between the Whitecaps and the impact in Canadian soccer. Au revoir l'impact yeah it's it's sad it's also kind of sad that you're they're changing it to the name of their long now long defunct USL team. Well, it was FC Montreal, so as long oh, as they do okay. Montreal FC. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. But there is a there is a chance they could do FC Montreal still, but or yeah. AC. Why, not, why don't they do it with a French like uh, mm. uh, name or something like that? instead of just doing like isn't there a French versions like maybe the AS Montreal or something like that? Yeah, I think this is this part of the problem is here you have this. It's a one of those uh, multi club ownership you know movements, right? You have Joey owns them, he owns Bologna. And they're trying to have the all the the clubs within the union, if you will, um, be more marketable around the world, right? They want. Well, if he's if he's gonna name it, if he's if he already owns Bologna, why not call it Salami then, Montreal? That makes and, total and then, sense. Yeah, that, that's that's synergy. That's synergy oh, between well, organizations. Yeah, getting yeah. to the meat of the matter here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like I can understand why they wanna why they wanna maybe change it for like you know i guess worldwide branding i guess like but, but or world recognition but like some things it's like no you don't like you don't change them you know what i mean like they're like no one's is like is, i don't know is is um you know is is, is in switzerland are they going to be like yeah grasshoppers that's really strange you know in <laughs> other countries they eat grasshoppers let's change the name you know what i mean well, like if they did go with like the french and they went like as montreal I mean, that could be a, a way around it. I just thought of it, though. It might give uh, Thierry Henry uh, PTSD because he just didn't he get fired from AS. Oh, ah. so I maybe not do that. Maybe come up yeah. with something else. I, I just thought they could have the S to stand for like Saputo. Or all Saputo, Montreal. Saputo, Saputo, Bologna. Or, or the, they held the Olympics in Montreal in what, 76? Why not call it Olympic hmm. Montreal? Well, then they used to be called the Olympic. Montreal, yeah, Olympique or something like that. Yeah. Or is it the man? They were the manic. Were they, they were the. I've got to Google this now. They were the Olympique at some point. I'm sure. Were they? I didn't even know that. I think they maybe had that in the CSL days. What's the I, team in? What's the team in France with Olympique in their name? I can't remember. Uh, Marseille. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Montreal Olympique were seventy-one to seventy-three. Founded seventy-one to solve seventy-three. Oh, and the NASL. NASL, yeah. And just a word of advice: if you have things on your screen, use incognito Google. Just a word of advice. Okay, okay, no worries. Um, but it, it um, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, um, you said Olympic de Marseille. It's also uh, Olympic Lyonnais, right? Yeah. I would be a bad one to go with though. Like, but, but they haven't announced what it's going to be. They just no. Know, the the rumors were from the guys that broke the story on Montreal radio. It was just going to be plain old Montreal FC. So you no, have Montreal should. FC, Toronto FC. Should should it be CF Club de Football? Hmm. Or it, it's sad that Ar- Arsenal Montreal for Thierry. Just shorten it to Ars Ars Montreal or Montreal Ars. <laughs> it would work. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be covering that story when it it develops a bit further next year. Not got too much more for this episode of the show, our Christmas special. We've got one more Christmas song to bring to you. It's from Friends of the Show, Goldie Looking Chain. This is their 2020 Christmas single. This is Covid Christmas.
Goldie looking chain there. Covid Christmas. It's what we're all having. Just before we go, what, what's your plans for both of you for, for Christmas? Obviously, it's a, a lot different this year. I mean, Zach, are you just having a quiet family get-together? Uh, no get-togethers, Michael, because that's against the public health orders. So uh, we've had some... I, I thought you had your own rules out in, in your neck of the woods. I've been watching the oh, news. No, no, no. It's literally the four of us in our house. We've had some gifts dropped off and picked up. And, uh, I mean, I've been delivering some, some gifts. But... Um, uh yeah no just the four of us which and we'll just obviously we'll do some zooming and stuff with people yeah. in the province some people outside of the province all that kind of kind of fun stuff but um no it's just family and uh fun and some good food and uh lots of uh games and uh some movies and tv shows and uh, of course uh lego building and yeah just a lot of good 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 laughter you know good mm. we have a lot of fun together what about you steve same thing, Matt. It's gonna be a Zoom Christmas for us. Basically, everybody uh, getting together. We usually we normally had about fourteen people in the house, and they all slept overnight on Christmas Eve. Um, so it's yeah, it's not gonna happen this year. First time in, I want to say like eighteen years, nineteen, seventeen. I can't remember how fifteen years or somewhere somewhere in there where nobody's staying over. Yeah, I mean, I'm, we just used to have a quiet Christmas anyway, so we're having another quiet Christmas with the girl I love, my dog Penny. Uh, and Caitlin will be here as well, so I mean that'll be be good when I when I open my presents that I made her buy me. But just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online and any final Christmas cheer message that you might have for the listeners. No, just stay safe, have a wonderful Christmas, and you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Santa. Yeah, for me on Twitter it's at Zachary M. And just blessing for. For, for Christmas, yeah, for me, celebrating the, the birth of Jesus, blessings to those who are, those who are uh, getting together and gift-giving and having a good time. Uh, hope you have a good one. Hanukkah happened, uh, so I hope those who celebrate Hanukkah had a good time. And Kwanzaa, anyone celebrating Kwanzaa? No. No? All right. Well, for those who are, I hope you had a good time, or you hope you have a good time. Big, big ups to JC, man. Big ups to JC. That is pretty much it. You can give me a follow on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash AFTN Canada. We're going to be doing our quiz night, our very first quiz night, hopefully recorded between Christmas and New Year. Got to get on that and get the guys, find a date where we can all do it. We'll bring that out as a podcast and a video as well. Got some fun rounds in store for everyone and... It's going to be good for people of all all ages and levels, Steve. So, so don't worry. Uh, no, it's okay. I'll finish last. No problem. You won't. I'm. I'm. I've got faith in you. I, my money's on you. I've bet my house on you. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So you I'll be looking for a new house in the new year. Um. So thank you guys for giving up your Christmas Eve Eve to record this Christmas special. Hopefully next year we'll be back in the studio doing our usual fun-filled frolics. But until next time. For everyone that's listening and been with us all year, thank you so much for your continued support. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Have a wonderful Christmas. And we'll be back soon. And mourn the presents. Christmases. Well, it's about the best time of the whole year. You walk down the streets even for weeks before Christmas comes. And there's lights hanging up, green ones and red ones. Sometimes there's snow. Everybody's hustling someplace, but they don't hustle around Christmas time like they usually do. You know, they're a little more friendlier. 
They bump into you, they laugh, and they say, pardon me, and Merry Christmas. And especially when it gets real close to Christmas night. Everybody's walking home, you can hardly hear a sound. Bells are ringing, kids are singing, snow is coming down. And boy, what a pleasure it is to think that you got some place to go to. And the place that you're going to has somebody in it that, that you really love. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night.